Despite there being no football in Lincoln this fall, that hasn't stopped Scott Frost's program from making some noise in the media with a big commitment coming from one of the top tight ends in the country just down the road in Council Bluffs, Iowa the other week. Welcome back to Husker Sports Weekly. My name is Connor Clark, and we are finally recording from Lincoln, Nebraska here at Anderson Hall, which is the College of Journalism and Mass Communications on the campus of Nebraska. And even though we are recording in a new place, we have a very familiar face coming back on the show. The co-JMC recruitment coordinator, Alex Fernando, joins the show once again. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm always ready to talk football. Even without it, I'm I'm always happy to talk. So Yeah, we got uh, big news coming from Council Bluffs, Iowa from August 26th. Uh, so just about two weeks ago, this happened. Thomas Fedoni, the number two tight end of the country, according to 24-7 Sports, made his commitment to Scott Frost and the Huskers. And that was a big one because his top five was pretty loaded with schools. I mean, you had LSU in there. You had um, other big-name SEC programs. A lot of people were worried that he was going to go to LSU over Nebraska. Yeah, he had some rival Big Ten schools with Michigan and Iowa. Notre Dame was in the mix as well. And it's good. It's a great, a great commitment for Scott Frost and his team for his coaching staff, and just Nebraska recruiting overall. With that being said, I don't follow recruiting that much. And I'm going to tell you why. I like the stars. I like following the kids. And like when they get to campus, I'm happy with the big names. But my biggest and I think the most underrated part of college football, my most important thing of college football, is that player development. And that is that freshman and retro freshman season, sophomore year. That's those first couple years on campus where they really find their way onto the depth chart if they're not one of those immediate impact starters. Now, everybody's saying that uh, Fedoni, he could be this impact starter. That's what I'm waiting to see. Uh, I think it's a great, great get for the Husker football team, though. And having Fedoni be so close, but on the Iowa side, I mean, Council Bluffs is just the other side of Omaha, just across the river. But having that pressure from Iowa, having that pressure from, like you mentioned, LSU, who just come coming off a national title, Notre Dame, who's produced some great tight ends in the league last couple years, Michigan with all of their hype, getting that is a big recruiting win for Scott Frost, and that's something that this program needs to start doing if they're planning to move forward. Scott Frost needs to start getting some of those big names and those big stars. And he has with a couple like Omar Manning last year. And we had, uh, but the problem is we've had a couple that left, like Henry Gray and Keyshawn Green. And granted, again, there's some issues with COVID and there's some homesickness and all sorts of family issues, which I don't blame anybody for. But there's been a lot of high profile players that Frost has gotten in. And a lot of high-profile players that have also left in the last year or two. And Frost is going to need to settle those numbers down. Having some big recruits coming in, though, that's going to help with that process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I was so excited when Fedoni made his commitment to Nebraska because I feel like it could open the door for more high-profile recruits like Fedoni. Um, I mean, we not many teams get four and five stars across the board, and neither and Nebraska does not fall into that category with four and five stars across the board. But this is a very highly recruited four star and a very highly rated four star. He's the number thirty seven player. Yeah, he's one of the best in, in the nation. Yeah, in and, the class of twenty twenty. Uh, arg- there's arguments or that twenty twenty one. Yeah, Sorry. there's the arguments that he's the top tight end in the nation, not e- not even just the number two spot. So you're 
asking for a big you're you're asking for a seat at the big table with this kind of pickup on a recruitment and uh it's it's going to be impressive i mean it moved nebraska's ranking up 12 spots and again i don't pay too much attention to recruiting rankings because you have these kids moving around all over the place until they really get into that uh college atmosphere so you can take that with a grain of salt, but still, it's it's something. The numbers are there for a reason, and this is again a notice from Scott Frost and his recruiting staff and his coaching staff that they're not going anywhere. They're gonna see this through with their contracts at Nebraska. They're gonna see this through the long haul, through these tough seasons that we've started off with under his career and his tenure, having his third season canceled now. Like you start off with his opening game being canceled due to weather. You start off with two losing seasons when you, uh, when they could have made a bowl game in both of them, especially last year. And you're trying to get, get your momentum going and you have the rug pulled out from under you with the season canceled. So getting some wins on the recruiting front is very important right now for Scott Frost and this Husker football team. Well, and you mentioned getting a seat at the big table. I mean, that's what Frost came here to do. Obviously, the expectations were very large when he first got here, especially last year, um, which ended up, as you kind of alluded to, was a big disappointment not making a bowl game. But this is kind of the step that this team needed to make before really throwing themselves out there into the national spotlight again. I mean, they're trying to get back to what they were in the 90s. But, I mean, this is a great start for it. Um, and I feel like Frost can replicate that in a way obviously no season this year recruiting wins are elevated in value that much more now so i mean you see all these other especially local guys obviously he's gotten a lot of local guys but you see say a kid in connecticut who's really good at football oh fedoni just committed to nebraska number one tight end in the country well that that could be interesting. Maybe I want to go look at them, or See, that's going to be the thing yeah, for other you, recruits. You hit a good point there, Connor, because big-time commitments, big-name commitments, high-star recruits, they can create a little bit of a ripple effect. And I think you saw that even back a few years ago under Mike Riley when he brought in Keyshawn Johnson Jr. and Tristan Jebbia. And, yes, ultimately those guys left the program, and Riley was not as successful on the field as the Husker fan base and the university wanted, but still kind of put Nebraska back in some of those recruits eyes and be like, Oh, Hey, like, yeah, there's, there's some good stuff out in Memorial stadium. They have some great facilities, best in the nation. Academic wise, they're part of the big 10. There's a lot of opportunities there. Athletic wise part, part of the big 10. There's some great competition. There's a lot to offer here in Lincoln. And that was put on radar. I think back when Mike Riley started making recruiting a little bit more of a public thing and a more, uh, it was looked at more in the public eye, because Pelini did, but it it was he was always kind of keeping that team, you know, an arm's length a little bit more away from the rest of the university and the fan base and things like that. Right. Mike Riley kind of brought them back together and set that up for Frost to have the most success. And now that Frost is getting some big names, you're right, it's going to cause a ripple effect, and there's going to be some kids from other states being like, hey, what's in Nebraska? Like, why am I hearing so much about this from other recruits, and why am I seeing top guys go there to play football? And it, it does help that Fedoni's just right up the road in Council Bluffs, grew up watching the Huskers, 
but still it's it's important to have those big names flow through your recruiting cycle and commit and sign to your team. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned, well, what's they're in the Big Ten, what's in Nebraska. I mean, I think a big part of it is we're in the Big Ten West, which is obviously not as hard as people would say as the East. I mean, it's, you got it's going to have a little bit less competition comparatively to the East. You're right. Right. So you gotta, I mean, you got to deal with Wisconsin, a very annoying and consistent Iowa yes, team. Yes, <laughs> very annoying. You're going to have uh, some flashes from Northwestern and Minnesota, maybe a Purdue every once in a while, but for the most part, you're not. You're in a much more winnable division than you are compared to the East, where you're in every single week. You've got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, big heavy hitters. You have some a team on the rise with Indiana, Rutgers and Maryland. Okay, sure, but <laughs> <laughs> they're there. But again, don't don't count out some of those teams in the East or in the in the Big Ten West either. Like, there's there's good football all around the Big Ten. Right, but I yeah I think that Nebraska could be one of those heavy hitters in the West. That's a consistent title contender in the West. I mean, right now you got Wisconsin, you got Minnesota. Obviously, Wisconsin's usually the favorite to win that division. Um, but you see Northwestern won it a couple of years ago. I mean, sometimes you see Purdue kind of sneaking their way into the mix. And uh, personally, I feel like there's no reason why Nebraska can't be in that conversation. And now with this happening, I feel like they're making an even better case to be in that conversation because Martinez is going to be whenever whenever the heck he plays is next. He's going to be either a, a redshirt junior or a senior, whatever they declare him as. <laughs> but he's going to have two years of experience, and hopefully he won't play an entire season injured like we heard last year, which affected his performance tremendously, as we saw by the numbers. So I feel like there's no reason why Frost in year three can't be a contender in the West. Oh, I definitely agree. But I will warn you, if you're saying that a commitment like Fedoni is going to make that difference, I'm going to have you wait and call me when Frost starts throwing to his tight ends. <laughs> okay? I, when, when that day happens, honestly, it might be when hell freezes over because <laughs> I've, I've seen, I can count like on the top of my head, maybe four or five plays that I just vividly remember over the last two seasons that were directly to one of our tight ends. At Nebraska, and again, if Fedoni gets moved out to the outside, if you want to put him in the slot, I mean, he's six five, so you either want him down on the line, or you're going to put him on the outside. And once once he does that, and he starts getting some catches thrown his way, then you can talk to me about the impact that he'll make on this team. I'm excited for the big name recruit. I'm excited for the big numbers. Until he starts catching passes in the back corner of the end zone. I'm not that impressed with the big uh, with him on the field until I see it, because again Frost just hasn't used tight ends much in his system, and not only here he never used them that much at UCF in their championship season or in 2017 with him at the helm there was a tight end that they had on their team and he was like seventh or eighth on their uh, reception list he had ten receptions 220 yards in the season and one touchdown, so. I'm not saying it can be done. I'm not saying that Fedoni is a bust by any means. It seems like he has all the tangibles and all the makings of a great tight end and a great college receiver, great college player. Throw him the ball. Get him here. If you're going to get him here, throw him the ball and make let him make some plays. 
That's why you brought him in, right? That's uh, what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, going off your point, I would like to see him on the outside as well. I mean, using that 6-5 frame to your advantage. Yeah, body up some of those smaller corners. Again, back corner of the end zone, if he has the speed that people are talking about, you can run him oh, on yeah. some post routes, and he's not going to get away from everybody, but he's going to – he's gonna you put it up. He's going to body them out, and again – let him make the plays that you brought him here to make. That's going to be the biggest key moving forward, and that's part of the most. Diff- that's one of the most difficult things about recruiting. You hear so much hype about all of these players. You hear so much talent coming in, all of these different things, and then you, a lot of times you just never see him on the field. And you're like, what happened to these guys? And that's where that development comes in those first couple years, and whether they can grasp the system, whether they can really get into the culture of the program. We know how big Frost is on this culture. We know how Frost is with his scheme and offense. He's calling all the plays. So if you're going to bring in these guys, make sure you have guys that know what they're going to do and you get them on the field and you let them go do it. Yeah, and speaking of stat lines, I mean, seeing Fedoni out in the wide receiver, that would help. So in week two, which was last Friday, he had 236 yards for two touchdowns, and obviously he's playing high school ball. He's a four-star, or he's going to have those types of numbers. Yep. I'm going to have you guess how many catches he had. How many yards was it again? 236. I'm going to I'm gonna say seven catches. You are exactly correct. <laughs> there seven go. catches for is, 236 all, yards. All, that is just absolute bonkers. <laughs> and again, he's playing high school ball. He's clearly... Uh, like the defense is clearly outmatched when this kid's on the field. Right. And that's the reason he's a four star. It's the reason he's the best tight end in the nation. I want to see him with seven catches when he gets to Nebraska because seven catches like that, that's going to translate at least to 70 to 110 yards, maybe a touchdown. That's, that's what that's going to translate to in the college game. Absolutely. And that's the kind of numbers you want to see out of your tight end especially a number one recruit tight end. Yeah, I mean, seven catches in the Big Ten, I'll I'll take that any day of the week. Any receiver would take that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like that's, that's a, I mean, maybe that's a bit much for a game, but three, four catches a game, doable, more than doable. And if he's going to be your feature guy, which a number one recruit should be one of your feature guys and feature weapons on offense, he should be getting seven to ten looks a game. Yeah, and... Oh, I just lost my train of thought there. That was really awkward. But Fedoni, I mean, he can, as you said, he can make really big plays. Um, in hope, oh, this is what I was gonna say. Going off of your kind of development thing when freshmen get into the program, hopefully it won't take him as much time as a say three star would develop, and you would think that, right? So, I mean, if he can develop in a season. To, or maybe even under a season, I mean, that would be completely ideal for Scott Frost, too, because then they can use him more, maybe give him a little more than 10 looks a game or something like for that. For sure, and this this is a position, too, at Nebraska. There's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of depth. I mean, you hear some rumors about the talent, but it's nothing compared to what this kid's supposed to bring. I mean, he's coming in, again, as the number one tight end in the nation. He should be able to jump right into that starting lineup and get some first-team reps, and you're right, increase those looks throughout the season and be one of those premier pass catchers either from the tight end spot or on the outside and be one of those premier playmakers on the Nebraska offense. And you've seen so many Big Ten teams previously and so many just college football teams previously 
that will really succeed with their tight ends working through the middle of the defense, working through the edge of the defense, and getting those quick and easy passes for the quarterback, but breaking those into larger and larger plays. And again, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a Big Ten defense going up against him. So you need a big body tight end. You need a guy who can make some plays from the inside and make those catches because you're gonna have to throw over the middle a couple times. It's the Big Ten. Yeah, and you said uh, Fedoni brought up the Nebraska uh, class of 2021 up 12 spots. So now they sit at they they just came off of 20th in the nation. Now they're sitting at 22 for class of 21 and sixth in the Big Ten, which they set at four this year. So yeah, that's setting Scott Frost up for two back-to-back pretty damn good recruiting years. Yeah, I know I know Nebraska's definitely eyeing to stay in that top 25, hopefully bumping up to that top 15. Uh, Frost can get a few more big names. And, again, like we said earlier, that's, what's ne- that's what Nebraska's going to have to do to start getting their name back at that big seat at the table. And if Frost wants to make the impact and the transition into successful football here that he that I know he and the rest of the state and the rest of this like university wants, he's really going to have to start with this recruiting process. And, and that's where everything in college football comes back to, which, like again, recruiting has its uh, has its benefits, has its pitfalls, has its pitfalls. But at the end of the day, you got to bring these kids in and really show them that. I brought you in for a reason. I'm going to get you the ball. You need to show me what you can do with it. Yeah, and, I mean, Scott Frost seems to be selling the product of Nebraska football pretty well, I would say, as of recently. As a former recruiter for (laughs) Nebraska football, uh, doing recruiting tours and talking to recruits, I promise you it's not hard to sell. Once kids come into that stadium and they see the facilities, especially with the new ones that are going to be built here in a couple of years, once they see all of that, they are ready to go. They are ready to be part of this atmosphere and part of this team. The problem is that success and the development on the field. And that's that has a, has to do with a number of factors. But one of the most important things is utilizing the weapons that you bring in. Frost and his coaches need to utilize these top recruits that they're bringing in. And I'm not saying that hasn't been done, but I'm saying they could do a better job of it. Yeah, they need to do better. Obviously, five and seven isn't going to fly for too much longer here, um, especially with an atmosphere of Nebraska and the high expectations. I mean, you walk into the facility, you see the trophies right there when you when you walk through the door. So that's the expectation everybody has for uh, Nebraska year in and year out, kind of no matter what. I mean, that's kind of the feeling that I get, even though, I mean, I haven't been here for too long. But <laughs> No, you're, you're totally right. I mean, it's, it's cliche, but people remember the 90s. People want Nebraska to be like the 90s. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen. They're not. It's not going to be the 90s of college football with Nebraska anymore. But there's a version of Nebraska that you can get to where they are consistently winning games and consistently competing for not only that top spot in the Big Ten, but perhaps a spot in the playoff down the road if they really can get things together. Yeah, and... One thing that really worries me, though, is you talk about Nebraska wanting to be like the 90s. People are talking about Alabama being on the decline, but I'm really worried that Ohio State is going to be that new Alabama. I mean, speaking of recruiting classes, they are loaded. Every year they are loaded. I mean, it's Ohio State. It's the Ohio State. That's what you expect (laughs) from them. 
and I despise myself for saying the Ohio State, but <laughs> like that's what you expect from that program. That program is meant to be one of the top programs in the nation of college football every single year. Nebraska used to be like that, fallen off a bit, and now this is the time where Nebraska has to fight to get back to those kind of numbers and get back to those kind of spots because there's a lot more talent all across the board in college football. Even at some of those smaller programs and those G5 conferences, they have talented ballplayers, and they're going to start competing. This is why you see those uh, American League teams and Boise State. You saw UCF uh, back in the day. This is why you see those teams cracking the top 20, cracking the top 15, even the top 10 on occasion. And it's not just because the rankings like or dislike them or they're running undefeated teams because they're running against bad teams. Yeah, they may not have the same competition, but they are still a talented ball club and they're going to get wins and they're going to showcase that they have talented players. Nebraska needs to get back to that. When Nebraska was showcasing their talent and putting it on display for everybody, that's what rises you up the rankings. That's what starts getting you more recruits. And again, it's an, winning fixes everything. That's that's the key of football. I mean, I I can't argue with that. No winning <laughs> winning does fix everything. So, speaking of college football, there was college football on this weekend. Not many people really. There was. New. It, it didn't really. In Lincoln, it did not feel like. <laughs> it, it. it wasn't great college football, but it was there. It was there. Football is football. So I mean, I'm I'm happy that it exists somewhere. I'm very sad that it doesn't exist here. Oh, me too. Trust I me. I tell you what. I I woke up on Saturday and I just thought to myself, I'm like, it's supposed to be game day, and yeah. I just felt this pit in my stomach, and I was I ended up later that morning. I was down in the Haymarket. And watched by Laszlo's, and that's that's always been my family's tradition restaurant. Like we go there either before or after the game, and I looked up and I, I about shed a tear. I honestly did. I was just <laughs> like, wow, I should be here prepping for a game day right now. I it should be Husker game day, and this should just be packed with people wearing red and getting ready to cheer on the Huskers. And yeah, it about broke my heart. It was it was a tough Saturday without football. Oh yeah, I, for sure. And a bunch of people who I've met in the dorm and everything who have been Husker fans for all their life and stuff. And it doesn't really matter where they're from at this point. But I mean, they were talking about like, Oh, we used to do this on Saturdays and we go here and then we'd sit there. There's so much tradition that comes along with Husker football, not just in the stadium, but outside of the stadium Mm -hmm. and just on Saturdays in the fall in general for this state and this community. And I mean, Growing up, again, I, I'm not originally from Nebraska. I grew up on the South Dakota side, but my mom is uh, from Nebraska, and she raised me a huge Husker fan. And it was just that tradition of waking up September through the rest of the fall. Uh, every Saturday morning, you're like, oh, yeah, it's game day. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's get hyped. All I got to do today is watch college football. All I got to do is watch the Huskers. And no matter what, like I'm just going to enjoy the day. It's great weather. And you just get to watch some people smack into each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I kind of watched some people smack into each other. It was, again, as I said, it wasn't great. But uh, <laughs> so some of the matchups that were featured um, on Saturday, or, well, these were Thursday games. So UAB in Central Arkansas, UAB won. Uh, South Alabama beat Southern Mississippi. A game that was actually very good, that I was not expecting to be very good, was SMU at Texas State. Yeah, Texas State gave SMU a run for their money. Uh, had the incredible, probably catch of the year candidate. Oh, I saw it, on yeah. Week one, uh, one-handed in the back corner of the end zone like OBJ uh, from the Texas State receiver. And 
Um, yeah, definitely a good name. Sonny Wilson and the or Sonny Dykes and the SMU team. Uh, they've they've been on the rise the last couple of years. Uh, they had Shane Bouchelle at quarterback previously. I don't think I think he graduated. So I believe so. Yeah. So they're I can't remember who their new quarterback is now, but they're they're a team in the American that um, is is always one to watch out for. But definitely, I mean, I think everybody's going to kind of have a slow start to this season, to be honest, except for BYU apparently. <laughs> but um, I mean, this is just a weird season all around, no matter what conference you're in, whether you're playing or not playing. Uh, so I'll give SMU a little bit of slack, but great, great performance, and at least you got a competitive game over the weekend with SMU and T, uh, Texas State. And there were some more non-competitive games. Marshall beat Eastern Kentucky fifty-nine to zero. Army beat Middle Tennessee forty-two to zero. Army's a team to watch out for. Like they've been on the rise the last few years. Um, yeah, they're they got a good squad. They got a good team up there. And as you were saying. Which I thought would be the game of the week. I mean, Monday night, most, BYU at most Navy. Most people did. Um, and it, it was kind of a bummer to see, I mean, just such a blow, especially against Navy, because Navy is usually such a really well-oiled and consistent team. And you you don't put up many points on Navy often, um, typically because they control the ball for like 40, <laughs> like 47 minutes out of the 60-minute game. Oh, yeah. But, um, no, I, I, I was kind of shocked to see that. I'm not too surprised. BYU is such an up-and-down team typically, but they are very well coached, and they do have some talent out in Provo. Uh, Navy, I think, again, it's just a rough year, whether you're playing or not. You're not really in the right mindset. There's so many other factors going on in your head, so many other things going on on everybody's campuses. It's a hard one to kind of wrap your head around and be like, oh, yeah, i got to go play a football game during all of this. So I'm not saying BYU didn't earn that. They definitely did, but... uh, I'm I'm looking for Navy to bounce back pretty quick. Yeah, I mean BYU may might be a team to look out for this season. I mean they've kind of been on the rise slowly but surely. Um, well, I mean, hey, they're one of the few planes, so they should be ranked. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. So they should be ranked over every Big Ten and Pac-12 team because none of them are playing. You can put an asterisk next to that. How about that? Yeah, because there's no me. way that will ever. Ha- well, I don't. I shouldn't say ever, but. There's no way that will happen in the near future. So I think that's all we got for today. Covered the Fedoni commitment and the week one of college football, (laughs) if you want to, whatever you want to call it. Next week's (laughs) going to be a lot better um, with some high-profile scenes. A little more action coming. Yeah, so we'll we'll see some Power 5 football uh, this coming Saturday. And the NFL starts tomorrow. So we'll we'll see some professional football, too, hopefully that will uh, be run smoothly. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 10 of Husker Sports Weekly. Cover the Fedoni commitment. Hopefully that will bring in some more high-profile commitments as well. Uh, the recruiting classes have been looking good the past couple of years, and let's see if Scott Frost can do something about it. So thank you, Alex, for coming on once again, of as course. always. Always happy to talk football. <laughs> always. And be sure to tune in to the rest of our episodes on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar. And follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly for updates about Nebraska sports and updates about new content coming out. So we will see you hopefully next week covering some more college football. Um, And maybe we'll see you next Thursday. Who knows? So thank you for tuning in, and um, we'll see you next time. Go Big Red. Oh, big red.